0: So in today's message, I'm bringing you three keys to success straight from the Word of God. Hey Full Faith Church, welcome back, glad to see you here. For those of you who are new and aren't familiar with who I am, my name is Joshua Verwers and I'm the lead pastor right here at Full Faith Church in Sheraton, Iowa. Although we're actually meeting online, so we're wherever you're at right now. Now if you're new to our church, our mission is really to inspire followers of Christ to pray with passion, be led by the Holy Spirit, and live by faith. And I believe today's message is going to help you live by faith by giving you some simple principles that are found right in God's Word to help you find success. You see, if you're anything like me, this pandemic, this social isolation, the the quarantine, the sequester, the whatever you want to call it, it has actually changed up the plans that I've had and it's caused me to try to recalculate things, try to figure out how do I keep doing what God has called me to do when the method that I was using, I can't use anymore. Now, fortunately for me, I'm not a stranger to audio and video and social media, so I've probably got a leg up on many ministries out there. But just because I'm one or two steps ahead of them doesn't mean that my world hasn't been shaken up and that I'm still trying to figure out how am I going to be successful in what God has called me to do. And just a little caveat for you, if you weren't aware that God wants you to be successful, well, you're probably not aware of Joshua 1.8, which says, This book of the law, that would be this holy word right here, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, observing to do according to all that is written therein, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So as you see... Yeah, God wants us to have some good success from chewing on this word. Now, as I was going back through some of my notes and doing some studying on this, I came across this quote that I had written down in one of my old sermons. And unfortunately, I'm not sure who actually said it, but the quote goes something like this. Some of us are living under stress, strain, and struggle filled with fear and frustration, fraction, fruitfulness, and failure. Many of us know nothing but troubles, trials, and tribulations because we spend our lives predicating our pleasure upon the pursuit of perishable products. Wow, that's a tongue twister. Now, I really have no idea who wrote that. If you do, well, go ahead, let me know down in the comments below. I would love to give them proper credit for that because it's an amazing quote. And really, if I were to try to simplify this quote, it's just saying that We're struggling because we're focused on the wrong things. And when our plans change, it becomes a struggle for us because we're so focused on what was and what we thought was going to happen. But now the situation has thrown a curveball at us and we've got to figure out another plan of action. And that creates this tension. That creates this struggle that we have to figure out what's the next step forward. Now, I'm sure you have no idea what I'm talking about, right? You've never had to face any struggles during the last several weeks that we've had to kind of limit our interaction with human beings. You've not had anything go strange, anything go awry, nothing in your world has been flipped upside down. My life got flipped, turned upside down. No, of course. I don't even think that's true. I know that you're finding these struggles in a similar way that I'm finding some of these struggles. But yet there is hope for each and every one of us because God's word never changes. Just like he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word remains. And so if the word was true before, it's still true today. And when there are principles that God has shown us in the past, those principles will still apply in the present. Now, what I would love to do is really share about one of my favorite itty bitty tiny Bible stories. I say itty bitty tiny because it's one verse. Yep, we're going to get a whole lot of word today. And by the way, just out of sheer curiosity, do you prefer your sermons to have a plethora of scriptures or really just one or two and we do a deep dive on it? I'm just curious and want to know. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to turn back into the Old Testament to the book of Judges and we're going to look at one of my favorite Judges, one of the most popular Judges. You all know him. Come on, let's say his name all together. One, two, three, Shamgar. Wait, that's not what you were going to say? Uh, you were going to go with Othniel, right? Ehud? Hey, you know what? I honestly had no idea who the judges were until several years ago when I was watching What's in the Bible, and then the fabulous Bentley Brothers actually started singing this song about the judges, and yes, that's how this pastor learned who the judges were. You've got Othniel and Ehud, Shamgar and Deborah, Gideon and Tola, Jair and Jephthah, who could forget about old Ibzon, or Elon and Abdon, and the most famous of them all, that long-haired dude named Samson. He was strong! Until he got a haircut. By the way, did you even know that the Fabulous Bentley Brothers are actually the YouTubers known as Rhett and Link? So Shamgar the judge that we're going to be looking at there's actually just one verse that even talks about him okay so he is mentioned elsewhere in the bible but this is the only verse that actually talks about his life and what he does which has led some theologians out there to say he wasn't even a judge because it doesn't give any of his judicial duties or list any of them However, the majority of theologians out there do say that yes, he is one of the judges because he's listed in the Order of Judges. By the way, if you're watching this on your smartphone, you're probably not going to be able to open up your digital Bible, so time to dust off that physical Bible and go to Judges chapter 3. Judges chapter 3, verse 31 reads, After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. Yep, there you go. That's Shamgar for you. He killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad and then delivered Israel. And right there in that verse, it gives you the three keys to success. So there's your message. I'm glad you have it, and I'm glad you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next week. No, I'm just joking. We're going to break this down and we're actually going to look at that because there are three principles that I have found that every single story I look at, every single successful Bible character out there, they all follow these three principles. And I mean, yes, the story of Shamgar, I mean, the odds that were stacked against him, it's like 600 to 1 odds. (laughs) Did you see how I did that? I, I did some really easy math there. 600 to 1 odds from Shamgar he's got to face 600 different Philistines. And now I don't think that he actually faced all of the Philistines at once. I actually think that it's more like what we start to see throughout some of the other Old Testament scriptures when the Philistines were trying to take over and inhabit the land. And what they were doing is they were setting up these encampments and trying to go into the tribal roads. And so I think that this was probably just 600 in two by two formation over a period of time. But whether it was all at once whether it was spread out i don't know it's just a theory that i have but what i do know is what it says and he by himself was able to defeat 600 different philistines now of course we could sit there and say those odds they kind of look insurmountable however if we know what it says in mark chapter 10 verse 27 jesus says with god all things are possible so really shamgar defeating 600 it's not that big of a stretch. So how did he do this? What were his three keys to success? Well, the first key that we have for finding success is just to start where you're at. See, here's the thing. Shamgar was a farmer and a judge. How do we know he was a farmer? Because he had an ox goad. And you know what? I don't think tax collectors were carrying around ox goads we can draw some simple conclusions to figure out what it was he did and then knowing kind of some of the backstory from other passages, it draws us to that conclusion that here he was on his farm and as these Philistines were coming, he just started right where he was at defending God's land and trying to set Israel free. Now a lot of us will struggle with this because we'll be thinking, yeah, but if i was here i could do more you know if god sent me over there i could get more of an impact many of us think that where we're at currently isn't good enough and we need to be somewhere else well really you just need to start where you're at see zechariah 4:10 out of the new living translation tells us that we shouldn't despise the small beginnings because the lord loves to see the work begin And that's really what God's wanting you to do with whatever it is that you're trying to find success in is he just wants you to start. Just get started. And even when we have this quarantine lifted and we're getting ready to go back and we're trying to strategize and we're trying to plan, we can get into that planning stage so much that we don't actually do any work. And what we need to do is start. Just get started and start where you're at. See, online ministry is not something that's new to me. I've actually been doing it for a couple years now. I started my own personal YouTube channel two years back. And even that was kind of a long process because I didn't start right when I should have started. You see, for months, God had been speaking to me and and kind of leading me down this path and and showing me this need for, for ministry in an online context and how eventually I would be using that. But I wasn't quite sure where to start. And I kept looking around, and I kept researching, and I kept trying to figure it all out. And I had this strategy, and this strategy, and this strategy, and and I just wasn't starting. See, and even once I said, yes, God, I am going to do this. I know it's for me. I understand this isn't a message you gave me to give to other people to do. This one was for me. Even in that moment, when I finally accepted it, and I said I was going to obey Him, it took five months for me to upload my first video because I thought I needed more. I thought I needed to be farther along in the process before I published my first one. See, I realized I just need to start where I'm at. And once I made that connection, and it was like, I just need to start, I just need to start right now, all of a sudden, I started to find success. And that's what we see ShamGuard doing. Shamgar just started. See, Shamgar had to start with one before he could ever reach 600. And he had to get the 600 before he could ever deliver Israel. And I know that there's things that God has put on your heart. So you've got to make that decision too. Okay, God, I'm going to start right now. Just start where you're at. See, many of us think that we have to be farther along before we actually start something. The problem is that almost becomes an arrogance on our part because we start to depend on our own abilities rather than God's ability. And then there are those of us that we're not willing to start with the little things because we think God has called us to bigger things. And I'm just going to tell you this right now. If you think you're too big to do the little things, you're actually too little to do the big things. Don't despise the little things. Don't despise the small beginnings because God just loves to see the work begin. When you start where you're at, you're showing I'm trusting you, God, and I'm following your ways. So the first key for success is to really start where you're at, but the second key of success is to use what you have. And what was it that Shamgar had? Shamgar had an ox goad. I mean, that's, that's what he had in his hand. It was an ox goad. Now, what is an ox goad? Well, it's essentially a cattle prod. I mean, it's just this long stick. I think in those days, it was about six to eight feet long, and obviously it tapered at one end, and it was pointy, and when the ox wouldn't listen and obey, well, you would poke them, and then they would start to obey, which maybe this message is kind of like an ox goad for you and I, where God is just trying to poke us to get us to actually do what he's called us to do. Ooh. The irony of that. So let's run back to my analogy of me doing this type of a digital ministry that I've got. A lot of other people out there are like, well, I'm not going to be able to do what you're doing, Josh, because you've got this great camera and you've got this great sounding audio and and you're able to do these quick cuts and transitions and keep the pace and it's, it's good, it's engaging, it's fun, it's interactive, we love it. But we can't do that. Well, stop focusing on what you don't have and start focusing on what you do have. Hey, newsflash, when I started doing this, I didn't have a fancy camera and really nice audio. You know what I had? I had a smartphone, and that's what I used. So really, you need to just use what it is that you actually have because you can't use what you don't have. I'm not sure if you realized, but that's how it works or doesn't work. So just use what you have. And don't give me that excuse, oh, I don't have anything. Yes, you do. I tell you one thing that I know that you have. If you've ever read your Bible, he has given each and every one of us the mission to share his message. And what is that message? Well, it's the gospel. It's the good news that Jesus came and died to take the punishment of our sins so we wouldn't have to. And instead, we could have eternal life. And God has entrusted that message with each and every one of us. And so you need to be able to share that message. And you may not have a camera, and you may not have audio, and you may not have a a big sphere of influence, but one thing I know you do have is an ability to communicate. There are people out there in the world that speak all different kinds of languages, and some of them are even mute and are unable to communicate the way that you and I are, and yet they can still communicate. Each and every one of us can communicate, which means each and every one of us can share the message that God has given us. You've got an ability. You need to use that. So really, start where you're at and use what you've got. Okay, so we start where we're at, we use what we've got, and then we do what we can. Here's the thing. When you do what you can, God will do what you can't. And so each and every one of us, we just need to do what we can do. If we think about Shamgar, it says that he was able to kill these 600 Philistines and deliver Israel all while using an ox code. He's using what he has to do what he can, and and what can he do? Well, he can defend Israel and he can defeat the Philistines by using what he has right where he's at. And what does he do? he pokes. That's that's what he does with the ox code. He pokes them. And apparently if you poke people with an ox code, well, you'll kill them. By the way, this is not a recommendation to poke anybody with a cattle prod. I think it's ridiculous that I feel the need to even say that, but I'm sure there's somebody out there that will hear this message and be like, oh, well, Pastor Josh just gave me permission to poke somebody with an ox code. And now you need to do what you can. If God has given you a vision to share his message, which he has, then you need to share his message. Well, okay, that's great, but Master Josh, you don't know me and my situation. I don't have all of this stuff that you have to be able to communicate that way. And and really, I'm not an eloquent communicator like you are. I don't have those neat little alliterations like you do. I can't just come up with things on the fly like you have. You know what you do have and what you can do? Right down here, there's this little button. It says share and if you click that button you can share god's word with other people you can share a message about having success and the keys to success with other people you see there's a lot of things that you can do you can pray and you should pray with anything that god has given us and called us to do it really needs to start with prayer We need to look at prayer as this is us focusing on God, that he is our source, that he is the provision for this vision. And so we need to start with him. So do that. That's something you can do. Pray and ask God for clarity and direction in fulfilling the vision that he's given you. And one of the other things you can do is is focus. If you'll keep your eyes focused on the vision that he gave you, you have a better chance of actually fulfilling the vision that he gave you. Because when we're focused on the vision that he gave us, well, we're kind of focused on him and not us. Now, when it comes to other people in the Bible really starting where they're at, I don't know, maybe, in a place of trying to kill Christians and using what they have, um, a new lease on life and a lot of biblical knowledge, and then doing what they can, you know, just sharing God's message with people. I think about the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul had this amazing ability to stay focused on what it was that God had called him to do. Now, when I think about the Apostle Paul and having that laser-sharp focus, it reminds me of what he said in the book of Philippians. Now, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, it says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, the Apostle Paul is saying, I'm not going to focus on what I had, but what I have. I'm not going to look at what I've done, but what do I have to do? And I'm not going to look at where I was, but where am I? Really, the Apostle Paul had this life of just, I'm going to start right where I'm at. I'm going to use what I have, and I'm going to do what I can. And then I'm going to trust that God will do what I can't. And we see that through his life. We see that with Shamgar's life. Do we really think that a farmer was going to be able to defeat 600 Philistines with an ox goad? But remember, with God, all things are possible. All Shamgar had to do was start where he's at, use what he has, and do what he can. And when he did that, God was able to do what he couldn't by helping him then deliver Israel. So for you and whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, wherever you're trying to find success in your life, I want to encourage you to use these three simple keys, because no matter who you look at in the Bible, I guarantee you'll see him using these three steps. So just start where you're at, use what you have, and do what you can. And my hope and prayer is that we'll all be able to apply these to our lives and accomplish a whole lot more for his kingdom.